So yeah, by, by way of introduction, my name is Doug Fountain, and uh, I hope this is the session on frontline health workers. Is that the right session? Uh, because that's good, because yesterday I was talking to people and I had this one in my afternoon session reversed. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that I was in the right place. So that's, that's good. Uh, come this afternoon, I've got a talk on, on uh, higher education partnerships, uh, which is based heavily on my experience working in, in Uganda at Uganda Christian University. If you heard Brian Fickard talk last night, in fact, he did a great uh, promotional um, mention of that. Uh, that's where he spent his sabbatical. Uh, that led to the book and some of the, the work that he's been able to, to do. I was there for eight and a half years, and during that time I actually got to know Bob and Ruby Dunlap, who uh, visited for ten months. Uh, Ruby's a professor of nursing uh, at Belmont, and uh, we got to be friends. I don't know the rest of you yet, but there's plenty of time uh, in the kingdom for, for that. Um, beyond that, I've actually worked in, in health and higher education for 23 years, and uh, that time has allowed me to understand a lot of different facets of healthcare uh, and health service and health prevention and programs worldwide. Uh, among the things that I've learned is, is what it takes to really change people's behavior, how to actually mobilize people to do something different in their lives with health. And uh, that career started working in the, in the U.S. Uh, in alcohol and substance abuse and moving on then eventually to overseas work in, in Uganda, uh, where we were uh, launching health programs, nursing in the case of working with Ruby, uh, but also other public health and community health programs that we launched through the university there. And uh, all through that, seeing what are the common threads about how do you change people's behaviors when it comes to, comes to health. What does it take to do that? So when I had the opportunity to speak here, one of the subjects that people were interested in was to, to have a talk about frontline health workers. And uh, as we talked about that, and that's where this, uh, this idea came from. Now, before I forget, uh, I'm going to just take a 20-second a, a um, um, moment and uh, make a little promotional announcement. Uh, we are also, uh, I'm part of a team starting the new Christian Journal for Global Health. This is a brand new thing. It has not existed before, but it's the only peer-reviewed online open access journal for you and the thousands of others working in Christian global health worldwide to be able to put in their, their results, their evaluations, their findings, their projects, uh, write them up well and get them, get them published. So we'd like um, for you to know about that. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, why don't you take one or two or five of those for yourself and pass them on to, pass them on to others. Great. Well, that should be the three minutes that gets people to uh, uh, come in if they haven't got their coffee yet. So why don't we go ahead and get, uh, get started uh, into this. So by way of definition, frontline health workers is what we're talking about today. And, and there is a vast history. I hope everybody can see the screen pretty well. Can you see it all right? Be comfortable. So, all right. Uh, and, and by the way, in terms of format, you know, we're here for the next three and a half hours, right? That's what I've got, three and a half hours? Cool. Uh, so, so you better be comfortable, and let's make this a little interactive. If, I, if I'm feeling crunched on the slides, forget the slides. They're already uploaded. You can, you can, you can get them off of the, the, uh, the, um, the, the website. I just uploaded them this morning. So if I miss something that we, you know, because of discussion, that's okay. I'd rather have you have a chance to, to uh, bring something up. So if you need to, um, need to stop me partway, uh, please do. So frontline health workers, there are... Uh, a huge number of, of articles and, 
and books and other resources that have been written about these for over the past 50 years. Uh, the history, you know, that spans from uh, barefoot doctors in China to uh, amazing programs in Brazil, Bangladesh, India, Ethiopia. Uh, I recently read an article uh, that was written in, in 1976, published in the American Journal for Public Health, uh, about a, a frontline health worker program in Iran. And they were very excited in 1976 about connecting that frontline health worker movement with a global, uh, the global movement of frontline health workers. And then things changed a lot in Iran, and I don't know what they're doing now in terms of that, that program. These frontline health workers are vital to local health systems, partly because they come from the very health systems that they're trying to work in. Uh, they include community health workers, nurses, midwives, pharmacists, and others that could include physicians uh, who are primarily working at the community level. And they call them frontline using that, that nice uh, military metaphor uh, because they are the frontline against disease and injury. That's why they call it that. Frontline is against the, the, the onslaught of disease and injury. And what these workers do is they help families and individuals connect to health services. And in some cases, they're capable of providing life-saving uh, assistance. And uh, we should be concerned, as people that are in, in, in this field, with where these people are trained and how they're identified. How do they get to be frontline health workers? And what is it that makes them more effective? What makes them more effective than others? And then the thing that I really want to spend some time on in a little bit this morning, after we go through some of the basics of this, is what is it that missions can do to strengthen the frontline health worker movement. Uh, so there's, a, I think, a big role there for, for that. So our objectives, I don't know if any of you are here for, for continuing education. If you are, uh, this qualifies, and, and I had to get my objectives clear, so we've kept it true to that. Identify emerging trends, opportunities, and requirements. Describe how these trends relate to challenges, and then apply experience for medical missions to help overcome those challenges. So, uh, again, a little bit more. Let's unpack this. Who are these frontline health workers? A few definitions that I've picked up from, from some different, uh, different sources. Frontline health workers provide services where they're most needed, especially rural and remote areas. Of course, we have frontline workers now everywhere in the world. The United States has community health workers and uh, people who are on the, on the front line helping with different aspects of, of uh, disease and injury prevention or, or care. They include community health workers, midwives, local pharmacists. In the developing world context, a pharmacist working in a, in a drugstore often is one of the first places that a person will go if they're sick. They might not go to the doctor if they feel that maybe they've got a cough, they've got a, uh, a stomach bug or something. They won't go to the doctor. They'll go to the pharmacist, and the pharmacist will render uh, a drug to, uh, to that person without a prescription. Uh, it also includes nurses and some doctors who serve in community clinics. And I made, I've got a link here uh, to frontlinehealthworkers.org. I'll mention that organization again in a moment. The definition that I really like, there are community members who serve as frontline health care professionals, community members who serve as frontline health professionals. They generally work with the underserved and are indigenous to community in which they work ethnically, linguistically, socioeconomically, and experientially, 
Try that on a Friday morning on a limited amount of coffee. I actually got those words out, didn't I? Good for me. What do they do? Well, the common things worldwide that they're involved in is they provide care when there's not enough professional health workers available. They connect families and communities to the health system. These community health workers go and visit a family in, in their, their home and help them see maybe what changes they could make in their home or advise a mother on breastfeeding. And, uh, and then if there's something wrong, if they see something that's not going well, they will refer that person to the health center okay, or to the hospital. Uh, or if the, the family's not sure, you know, my, my baby's been sick and I don't know if this is bad enough that I, take, I need to take him to the hospital. The frontline health workers, these community health workers in particular, can be very helpful for that. And they provide many life-saving interventions. Uh, they, can, they can actually, uh, in some cases, they're trained to, to maybe administer an antibiotic or to at least... Um, uh, identify cases of pneumonia and, and help, the, help the families with that. They may deliver immunizations, treat common infections, help families identify conditions needing higher levels of care. Uh, you know, they can deliver babies. And we know that as skilled birth attendants in many of these, these countries. And that's, uh, that's an area for, for huge. It's a whole separate field of discussion uh, around that. Uh, and then advise on nutrition and, and malnutrition. They're valuable, especially according to the research. We see a lot of evidence about them working in diarrhea uh, prevention and control, pneumonia, malaria, HIV, and tuberculosis. But we're increasingly seeing them play a role in non-communicable diseases, such as diabetes. Diabetes, where the incidence is certainly on the increase in the developing uh, countries, these frontline health workers are very helpful to help uh, families learn what that is and how to manage, manage that. And if, you, if you've uh, ever seen this, uh, this primary care uh, pyramid, you know, it, it, it breaks down the health system into these four distinct parts or levels. The district hospital uh, or health center is sort of the, the, the apex, it's the, the top, where uh, that's who handles the, the serious emergencies, they handle re- referral uh, cases that are very complex, and that's where they do the surgeries. Then there's first-level health, where you know maybe a health center or a clinic of some type, where they provide basic primary care, common uh, and treatment for illnesses and injuries, maternal and child health, reproductive health, uh, many other things you know from a, from a clinic. Then you move to the community level, and things start to get a little bit, little bit uh, more difficult there. You know who's responsible for this? Helping communities address food, water, sanitation, shelter, making sure that people are getting the immunizations that they need, that young children especially are getting their vitamin A and and, uh, um, uh, screening and referrals uh, for for basic conditions that are are going wrong. And then it really gets complicated then to get to the home level. Who's coming to the home? And this is the place where these frontline health workers particularly community health workers, really have a role. They come into the home and help with things like breastfeeding, food availability, water source. Uh, they help advise on sanitation. They take a look around the, the home. Uh, if the, if the uh, uh, milk is being boiled on a fire uh, where the toddlers are running around, the community health worker 
might advise that they do something to block the toddler from being able to run over where that fire is. Uh, or there are other, many other injuries or, or uh, accidents that a community health worker can help uh, prevent just by looking at how something is done in, in the family. And you can imagine, I said that these people have to come from the communities in which they're serving. You can imagine how effective they are if they speak the language, if they are people known to the community. You can imagine also the opposite, how ineffective they might be if they don't speak the language or they don't come from that community or they're from a different group of some type. And, and the families there might wonder, why, why are these outsiders telling me what to do? So that's the, the thing that we're talking about now is those people who have that ability to reach down from the community to the home level and really make, a, make an impact. And I did mention something about this. I'm, when you get this online, you can read this great table, uh, and I've linked to it on, online. Uh, you can't, unless you're amazing or Superman or something, you can maybe read this. But uh, it's a, uh, you, you'll be able to get it. It's a great description in one page about what these frontline health workers do. And that coalition that I've referenced is, uh, is not a Christian organization, but it is full of really wonderful information about uh, this whole cadre of, of people. A few illustrations to, to unpack a bit more of what these people do. Uh, this is an example from South Sudan. Uh, it's a project that's going on right now that we've been monitoring. Uh, uh, the situation in, in South Sudan, of course, is, is quite dire. Uh, mortality per uh, 1,000 live births over uh, 20.5 mothers per 1,000 live births. 235 children per 1,000 live births uh, will die. It's just fantastically awful, epically awful. Uh, malnutrition, vaccination rates uh, are, are shockingly high or low, as the case might be. And they lack skilled uh, maternal, newborn, and child health providers, and traditional birth practices in particular are really ineffective or even harmful. So the strategy is to mobilize community health workers to actually have an impact into these communities. Yes, sir? Uh, the references are at the end now. Let's see. How do I get to the, get to the end? Um, I'll go right there, and I'll come right back. Whoa. Let me do that again. Good question. There we go. Uh, da, 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 da. South Sudan Medical Journal, uh, which is not uh, the Journal of the American Medical Association or New England Journal or, or Lancet. However, the people that are, that are doing it, uh, as we, we saw there, uh, and the rev so anyway, when you download these slides, you'll get the whole, the whole reference list at the end there. Uh, these people that are doing this project are at MassGen, and, uh, and they've been working with the government to develop the strategy. They have a five-day training course, uh, they have these great pictorial checklists and, and, uh, and, and guidance uh, for these community health workers to help them prepare for the work that they're doing. And uh, they provide reusable medical equipment and commodities. Uh, and to date, they've, they've created 72 local trainers, mobilized 632 
frontline health workers in seven states. It's a very exciting program, but it's only one of many programs that are like that out there. I just picked this one to illustrate an example of something that, that we see. We also see these people helping in emergencies. You, you see, for example, this is a, a, um, uh, a great um, report uh, from Johns Hopkins and the Red Cross about how to address and, and how to provide a medical response to uh, health emergencies or disasters. And they have a whole section about community health workers where they outline that these people can provide preventative disease control and surveillance, sensitize people about their own health after emergencies, provide essential prevention and care, uh, and, uh, and help allow the health uh, uh, facility staff to concentrate on the more serious or severe conditions. So, uh, exciting. Are they effective? I think the, the research is, is equivocal, and one of the questions that keeps coming back in the, in the research is it depends on what type of community health work and for what type of population. Some are more effective than others. There's plenty of evidence that they improve access to uh, coverage, um, access to and coverage of communities with basic health services. There's some evidence that they provide improved health outcomes for child health, particularly children with pneumonia, but they're inconsistent in quality. They're inconsistent, and uh, they need to be carefully selected, trained, and adequately and continually supported in order to be uh, effective. One of the challenges, and we're going to talk about challenges in a moment, is unrealistic expectations uh, of those community health workers. Uh, last year, USAID uh, had, a, had a major event where they, they brought in uh, 150 experts, and they, they had spent quite some time, uh, about a year and a half, I think, looking at, at the effectiveness and, and the research on these frontline health workers. And USAID came, came out and said, unequivocally, we don't know how effective they are. Unequivocally, we're not sure how much, if we keep investing in them, it's going to make a difference. Well, that's not what we wanted USAID to say, is it? You know, we wanted them to give more tangible, concrete guidance. And, but the issue that they pointed up, and this is something that we're going to talk about a bit more here, is they, they said one of the challenges is these frontline health workers work at such a, a distinct level from the health centers. They're in the communities. They're in the homes. They're almost independent actors separate from the formal health system. They say the health centers that are run by the doctors and the nurses uh, that, that receive referral cases or the really sick people uh, or the injured people, that's a different health system than the community health system. And that alone makes it difficult to figure out what's the real unique impact of these frontline health workers. And that separation of the dual and overlapping community versus formal health systems is a real challenge. But there is exciting research going on. One of the projects that, that I've been tracking is uh, something that happens in, in India. Uh, this is Nathan Grill's uh, research about health clusters. Now, he's tied in with Ted Lancaster and the whole Community Health Global Network movement, which is something worth knowing about, and it's mentioned down there at the bottom, the Community Health uh, Global Network. What they do is they get these groups of community health workers in different communities and get them to link up with each other and talk to each other. 
They can share lessons and best practices with each other. They can promote and support each other on that. And that's really exciting because it's helping them learn from each other, get along with each other, and it increases their credibility. To think about that, imagine if you're working with six or eight community health workers in, a, uh, in the, some small community, and you're kind of disconnected. You're, you're doing some volunteer work, but you're maybe not getting uh, much support. You're not negotiating well with the health system. Uh, you're having an impact on families, but you're, you're not well integrated. Once you start getting connected with others, you have a stronger voice. So that's where that's, that's, uh, that's an interesting thing. One other aspect of these, as we see this movement in the world, is even if we found that they are fantastically effective, which I have to believe that they are, even if they are fantastically effective, to get them to reach the scale that they will have a global effect is really hard to do. Now, we see, we've seen, for instance, in Ethiopia, recent research about the impact of these community health workers on uh, improving maternal, newborn, and child health. Even with the, the, the numbers of people that are, that are working in that area in Ethiopia, they still have this huge gap, this huge gulf of additional frontline health workers that they want to deploy, even in a place where they have it. So the question is, how would you grow it to have a massive scale to really reach the vast level of need that exists. Well, it's challenging because they're limited in size. They're bounded by the limits of the primary health system that might be there to back them up. In other words, if they're finding cases uh, where, where something needs to be done and they refer them to the health center, if the health center is terrible or is poorly staffed or doesn't have equipment or supplies, it's not going to do the family a lot of good. So they're limited also by, by that. Uh, there's a need to tie resource allocation within the communities uh, to these community health workers uh, and try to assure that there's some connectedness between them and the primary health care system. Now, uh, another bit of really great um, uh, research that's been, that's been coming out. This is um, uh, a recent publication from last year. Uh, factors that seem to drive performance. Now, bear in mind, USAID uh, concluded that it's very difficult to, to pin and say that any one thing is driving or improving effectiveness because we, we can't really measure it. Uh, but other people are saying, yeah, but we know a lot of what it takes to make these things effective. So uh, there's this wonderful review that, that's done, and, and, and of course, the, the, uh, the report's all linked in, in the... Uh, uh, when you look at it online, uh, three major areas where uh, there are factors that will really drive performance. Policy in the operational context. Unless these two systems are integrated in some way, it's going to be very difficult for them to have, uh, for these community health workers to have an effect. There has to be a policy framework that's supportive of them. The community themselves have to understand and accept them there has to be adequate and decentralized funding. The human resource side of it also comes in. Many of these people that are working are volunteers. Many of them do not have other paying work. Maybe they are subsistence farmers, and they volunteer to go have an impact 
in the homes or in the communities. They get a bit of training. They get a bit of orientation maybe from an NGO or, or, some, uh, or a clinic, and they, they go out and they start doing their work, but they never get any real compensation, and they don't have a, a very clear job description sometimes. So that's a limitation. And then finally, training and supervision, making sure that they have up-to-date training, that even if you put them through a one-time workshop, are they getting updated training? Those are, those are real challenges uh, to that whole, whole thing. So here's my takeaway, and we're about to turn from this to what does this mean for, for missions. So my takeaway is the whole movement of community health workers and this frontline health worker uh, phenomena gets confused when we think of them as a different system. When we think of them as only working at the community or the household level, and they're not part of that formal health system with the health centers and the hospitals and the, the doctors and the nurses that are, that are in the traditional and formal health system. And I can understand why well, I've made a, made a note here. You know, why? Why do we think that? Well, if you go all the way back to the Alma-Ata Declaration about what is primary health care, note, if you don't know that one, Google that and read up on the Alma-Ata uh, Declaration. You'll understand where some of our current uh, threads in, in primary health care really come from. Uh, it just made a simple, simple statement that primary health care is the first level of contact. So, you know, at some level, we have to start rethinking about what do we mean by primary health care and, and can we separate community health workers from primary health care? Logically, if, it, if primary is first level of contact, maybe we're, we're, we need to redefine and rethink what that, what that means. And I understand the concern that comes from the formal health system, doctors and nurses and the people that are, that are uh, you know, have been through the schooling and, and are running these, these facilities, they understand what, what the complexities are of disease and injury. People that have maybe not even completed the equivalent of high school and have only a couple of weeks of training don't have some of that backup training. So how do you expect them to be effective? So I understand that tension that comes in. The challenge is, that there's so much research that suggests that they are really having some impact. Uh, we, need to, we just need to keep pecking away and digging at that to understand what's making them more effective. So here, why are we here? Now, I just spent a half hour unpacking what that whole field is. Let me stop there for a moment first off and just see. Have any of you in this room been working with frontline health workers or community health workers in the world? Okay, what countries? Just shout out some of your countries. Burundi. Burundi. Uganda. Where? Uganda. Uganda. Sierra Leone. Zambia. Where? Burma. Great. Burundi. Okay. Y'all, you know, the Burundis and the Ugandas and all of you need to get together and talk sometime. Um, that's, that's great. Any comments about this? I'm about to talk about the mission implications, but do you have any reflections on this? Maybe a story about a frontline health worker project or a movement that you've seen? Okay, how many of you have a story that you would love to share, but you're embarrassed to speak right now? No. Great. All right, one more cup of coffee for you all, and then you will really be lubed up to talk. All right. 
we're going we're gonna to go on and we're going to talk about mission perspectives because this is where I think things get exciting. Okay? Why are we here at this conference? We're not here just because we want to understand global health and do something cool in global health, right? If we did, we wouldn't be coming to the Global Mission Health Conference. There are, are lots of secular health conferences. So for me, what is the mission aspect of this that really matters? And I think of it this way. There are three perspectives on, on mission that bear on, on frontline health workers. First, mission engages directly with culture. I like to think that Jesus is the most countercultural character that our existence has ever known. Because it didn't matter what our culture was, he was the way, the truth, and the life. He challenges us to think, act, behave, believe differently. So our very faith is a confrontation, a confrontation with culture at times. So it's appropriate to think. Then, with that perspective, we can be emboldened to work as somebody working in integrated management of childhood illness or uh, community integrated management or behavior change communications and all these great things that are happening in global health to try to communicate better and change behavior, remembering that as people in mission, it's okay to ask questions and to challenge culture. I think that's a role for church and missions. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we go in and tell people what they should do differently. Remember I said that frontline health workers come from the communities in which they work. So I'm not saying that we should go in and toss out and, and, and reorient people to, to you know, believe or behave something that, uh, behave in some way that, that we say from our, our nice American uh, definition of what, what should be or ought to be done in a community. Rather, understand that our mission is to help bring about change in the world and understand that we can do that in part through strengthening and supporting these frontline health workers. Mission members have the opportunity to partner with community health workers, learn their work, engage and encourage them, understand their communities. When you go as a uh, visiting nurse or a physician or uh, uh, dental technician or uh, any of the vast number of other things of people who come to this conference, and you go arrive someplace, ask, where are those community health workers? I'd love to meet some of them. Who are they? Where do they come from? And get to know them. That's something that you can do and encourage them simply even by starting to ask and take interest in them. I also think that mission can help think about an evolution, uh, tricky word for us evangelicals, uh, in health missions, Okay. Think of an evolution. We're moving from now, from, from an old model of traditional health care uh, service rendered to sick and injured people to a holistic view of health that includes nutrition, total community planning, uh, things where, where you are, are, are thinking of how to grow the whole health enterprise uh, in, a, in a community. Uh, I think the CHE program is one wonderful example of community health uh, empowerment or evangelism. I'm not sure. What, what are they calling it, Ray? Are they calling it? Uh, community health evangelism. And in countries where that term would be sensitive, uh, they often say community health uh, education. 
Okay, good. Uh, so, so that is one, one model, and we're moving towards support of that, that concept. It's, it's a more of a total community perspective uh, in, in, in health. And uh, so think of that as part of missions and understand that frontline health workers might have a role to play in that. And then also think of improving health systems, coordination, and planning, not just providing direct services. Think of the total health system. How is care being provided, and how can these frontline health workers have a transformational impact uh, then on that health system? Also, I think that as mission, we can think Christianly. Okay, we can think Christianly. That's, is that a word? How, how many of you are in, in college right now, students? Uh, if you put Christianly on your papers, would your professors be impressed? How many of you are professors in the room? If somebody wrote Christianly, would you be impressed? Not so much? Okay, well, we'll say it anyway. <clears throat> think Christianly about health workers. Um, the goal, you know, what is the goal is to help form a Christian professional identity. I think that's one of the things that all of us in this room aspire to as somebody who works in health care or, or health service or health promotion uh, is what is distinct or unique as a Christian? What do we bring to it? Certainly, I think Christians share their time and their resources to help the needy. A Christian health worker, a Christian community health worker has a unique ability to do that. I think that these health workers, Christian health workers, are also unique because of their respect for the dignity of human life, the concern for the whole person, not just disease or injury, ethics and practice and, and administration, stewardship for God-given resources. And I think that Christians apply something from the toolkit that the secular groups don't have, and that's simply the power of prayer. As you pray, you change things. So I think those are very fundamental things. How, any other ideas of how Christian health workers uh, are? How many of you are, are in training in, in health professions right now or work full-time in health professions? All right, that's great. What, what do you think, as a, as a Christian working in that area, what's, is there anything else you would add to this list? What's distinctive? All right, take two seconds and turn, turn to look at your people at your table. They gave us these nice round tables. Let's use them for a moment. Take just one minute and look at, at each other around the table. Stop looking at me. And, and ask each other, what else is distinct or different about Christian health professionals? Okay? In terms of Christian professional identity. What else is distinct? Or if you just want to talk about those things, go ahead. Go ahead.
Okay, I'm about to uh, share one of my secrets of, of success with you. Uh, I, I, I love having opportunities for people like you to do my work for me. So you think these ideas came from me? Ha! They come from other groups like you. So uh, I need to learn a few of the new ideas that you've got. So the next time that I do this, I've got more bullets to add to my, add to my list. Uh, so who's got something to share? Okay, so how people interact with the authority structure. With power. Okay, great. Wonderful. Any others? Oh, don't be shy. But somebody from the back. Yes. Next time that I do this is going to be so much better. Okay, somebody else? Somebody else? Yeah. Um, just thinking about uh, what Brian, Dr. Pickett said yesterday is... He, he would also go by Brian. It's okay. okay. <laughs> um, is thinking uh, from a Christian, uh, Christian perspective about poverty and, mm. um, you know, that it being mostly about growth in relationships and alleviation Right. That's wonderful. So reconciling. Uh, so oh, these are three wonderful things. Uh, so I might toss these things out and just replace them with that. Any any others? Yeah. Those are wonderful additions. Okay, well, that's, that's fantastic. You see, these, and, and that's, that's part of why I'm interested in this whole area, is because it gives us a chance to think and act in ways that will promote Christian identity. We can actually change how even these, these, uh, these health workers uh, think and do uh, their work when we have these kind of ideas rattling around in our mind. So as people engaged in mission, these are, I've, I've picked out a few things. Remember on that, that one earlier slide, we talked about 
the policy and organizational context. We talked about uh, human resources and then training and supervision. And I've just provided a few examples here. And I'm going to go through these and then also just take one minute in a remaining eight uh, to see if you have something to add. So I'll go th quickly through a few of these. Uh, one, as you go in, go in. Sorry, I keep using these traditional missionary uh, uh, references, and I should be uh, slapped for, for that. As we partner with people in mission, in health mission, one of the things we can do is ask questions, seek to learn how or why are things the way they are. Are there health workers, community health workers? What are the issues that they're facing? Have we thought of doing a project with frontline health workers or community health workers? Why or why not? What would you as a health center want to see? What would you, if you were meeting with a Ministry of Health official, want to ask and see, uh, see them do? Or what would you like to, to see what they would like to do? Is there a way that we could begin to uh, ask questions that cause changes in those ways? I'm not saying to come in and say you should have community health worker systems, but there are ways that you can ask the question, have you thought about what are the issues in? How would you see something like that happening? Would you want something like that? Would it work? And you start down that path carefully and listen, you'll pick up a few ideas of what they think is important. Assure the community health leaders and members know if, if they have a program, see what is happening in terms of promoting the program. Increase communication and coordination. Maybe you can have a, a, a project where you improve coordination. It might simply be making sure that everybody has the mobile phone numbers of each other. Do the nurses have the mobile phone numbers of community health workers and vice versa? Do the community health workers have airtime? Or the nurses, do they have airtime? That might be a great project, you know? A church might adopt a community health worker project and simply pay for the communication expense. That might be an interesting thing. If they say, you know, we do, but, but they can't communicate because they haven't got airtime. That might be a meaningful thing that, that might be able to, to be done. Airtime, if you've not been traveling around uh, so much, that's for prepaid, uh, prepaid mobile phone calls. Uh, M Health is huge, you know, in the world right now of, of community health. M Health is all about getting uh, an exchange of information through data-equipped phones and putting it into the hands of these community health workers. The information is not only one-directional; it can also send information back up the chain to help manage a community disease response or uh, or an injury if there's been a disaster. Uh, there's ways that, that the mobile health technology can work. Those are exciting projects, and there are many of them, uh, many of them out there. Another area for, for missions to be involved in is to consider helping on the human resource side. What is it you might do to support that community health worker system? If they say, yes, we, we would love to have it. Yes, uh, it can work. Yes, we've got people that are trained. Yes, this is supportive of our health system. No, it's not working so well because uh, it's hard for these people to take off a time from their farm or, or uh, it's too difficult for them to, to pay for public transportation 
even to get around from one community to the other, so they're spending their time on foot moving around. If we had the ability to help them with their transport or we had the ability to, to give them some other type of support, that might be very, uh, really very awesome uh, for, for community health workers. I, I wonder if anybody might try and adopt a community health worker project. Uh, have a church sponsor a set of community health workers in a village or in a, in a community. See what can be done out of a partnership like that. We have lots of churches partnering with health centers or hospitals, but not so much. I haven't heard so much about something happening at the frontline health worker level. Include these uh, workers in professional development. If, you, if you're part of a team, let's say, that goes to do a technical skill-building workshop someplace, maybe it's a skill-building workshop on maternal and child health, and you've got your doctors and nurses there, ask if the frontline health workers, if the community health workers can come in to be part of that workshop. You know, that does a lot to increase their stature and their, their um, kind of build them up a little bit to feel that they are part of something that is a connected system, and, they, and it, it's, uh, I don't want to, you know, overplay pride, but when you feel like you're disconnected, you feel bad about something, right? So if you're connected and you know you're at the table with, with other people, it helps you be a little bit more motivated and empowered. So maybe that would be a good, good thing to do. Training and supervision, sponsoring training and workshops. Maybe you want to go in and do a training on maternal and child health. Maybe you want to uh, send information and books to help support the community health worker movement. Lots of ideas that can start to come out from that. Let me just pause there and see. Are any of you doing things like this to help support? You know, I, I saw lots of hands about what you're doing in Burundi and Uganda and Burma and other places. Any, any of you doing really cool things with your community health workers? Okay, turn and look at each other uh, and tell if you have any stories to share. Ray.
check them out for TV or, or whatever. Mm. And it would be a way of bringing what we would think of as the, the frontline part of the health system together with, with the church at the congregational level. And so that, that could be a new category of, uh, of frontline health workers. So we we haven't done anything really uh, very uh, uh, concrete yet, but if any of you have ideas about that kind of thing or are interested, I'd be glad to talk to you about it. Let me do a quick commercial uh, for for, uh, that organization. Uh, Christian Connections in International Health uh, is is a fantastic group of people, of zealots uh, in this this field, and uh, and their conferences are, are fun. Uh, and and enlightening. Uh, so I highly recommend the association. Uh, but one of the chief benefits that I get out of it personally is their monthly newsletter. Uh, is so full of information. It's my absolute go-to place if I want to know what's happening in, in international health, uh, Christian international health as well. So, yeah, thanks, Ray. Any other comments on that or any other exciting things that you've seen people doing? We have time for maybe one or two if you have anything. You're all waiting for that next cup of coffee. Next session. Okay, going once, going twice. Final slide, the bottom line. Frontline health workers, including community health workers, are effective at preventing disease and injury, delivering some care, and linking people to health systems, Christian health systems in particular. You know, these these places that are owned by the church, church church-run hospitals and health centers especially can benefit from a holistic view that incorporates them in their strategies. Okay? They need training and reinforcement, though, particularly to excel as Christian health workers. And I think these people who work in the Christian context express very tangibly the love of Christ in their work. I think that, that they have a unique presence in homes and families. And we, when you are a Christian community health worker, for all those reasons that you are adding to our Christian professional identity, They bring something different, and it's a wonderful ministry. God will use that to amplify their effect as well as their own transformation. And let's remember, as workers working in this, it's not about us helping the the poor and the needy. If you were there for Brian's talk last night, uh, remember it's also about you yourself and the changes or the community health workers themselves and the changes that they will go through. God really is interested in our transformation collectively. So be part of this. Share around this. If you have any any thoughts or questions, I would love to uh, be with you officially. My time has expired. Uh, So I'll be here for a few minutes if you have anything. Otherwise, thank you all for coming.